Chapter 21, verses 1 through 14 of Catina Aria, Commentary in the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Volume 2, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. The Seabrox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise he showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. As soon as then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Augustine. The preceding words of the evangelist seem to indicate the end of the book, but he goes on further to give an account of our Lord's appearance by the Sea of Tiberias. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Chrysostom. He says afterwards, because he did not go continually with his disciples as before, and manifested himself, because his body being incorruptible, it was not a condescension to allow himself to be seen. He mentions the place to show that our Lord had taken away a good deal of their fear, and that they no longer kept within doors, though they had gone to Galilee to avoid the persecution of the Jews. Bede, the evangelist after his want, first states the thing itself, and then says how it took place, and on this wise showed he himself. Chrysostom, as our Lord was not with them regularly, and the Spirit was not given them, and they had received no commission, and had nothing to do, they followed the trade of fishermen, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, he who was called by Philip, and the sons of Zebedee, i.e. James and John, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. Gregory, it may be asked why Peter, who was a fisherman before his conversion, returned to fishing, when it is said, No man putting his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Augustine, if the disciples had done this after the death of Jesus, and before his resurrection, we should have imagined they did it in despair. But now, after that he has 
risen from the grave after seeing the marks of his wounds, after receiving by means of his breathing the Holy Ghost, all at once they become what they were before. Fisher is not of men, but of fishes. We must remember, then, that they were not forbidden by their apostleship from earning their living by a lawful craft, provided they had no other means of living. For if the blessed Paul used not that power which he had with the rest of the preachers of the gospel, as they did, but went a warfare upon his own resources, lest the Gentiles, who were aliens from the name of Christ, might be offended at a doctrine apparently venal, if educated in another way, he learnt a craft he never knew before, that while the teacher worked with his own hands, the hearer might not be burdened. Much more might Peter, who had been a fisherman, work at what he knew, if he had nothing else to live upon at the time. But how had he not, someone will ask, when our Lord promises, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Our Lord, we answer, fulfilled this promise by bringing them the fishes to catch. For who else brought them? He did not bring upon them that poverty which obligated them to go fishing, except in order to exhibit a miracle. Gregory, the craft which was exercised without sin before conversion was no sin after it. Wherefore, after his conversion, Peter returned to fishing. But Matthew sat not down again at the receipt of custom. For there are some businesses which cannot or can hardly be carried on without sin, and these cannot be returned to after conversion. Chrysostom, the other disciples followed Peter. They say unto him, We also go with thee. For from this time they were all bound together, and they wished too to see the fishing. They went forth and entered into the ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. They fished in the night from fear. Gregory, the fishing was made to be very unlucky, in order to raise their astonishment at the miracle after, and that night they caught nothing. Chrysostom, in the midst of their labor and distress, Jesus presented himself to them. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. He did not make himself known to them immediately, but entered into conversation. And first he speaks after human fashion. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? As if he wished to beg some of them. They answered, No. He then gives them a sign to know him by. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. The recognition of him brings out Peter and John in their different tempers of mind, the one fervid, the other sublime, the one ready, the other penetrating. John is the first to recognize our Lord. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Peter is the first to come to him. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. Bede, the evangelist alludes to himself here the same way he always does. He recognized our Lord either by the miracle, or by the sound of his voice, or the association of former occasions, on which he found them fishing. Peter was naked in comparison with the usual dress he wore, in the sense in which we say to a person whom we meet thinly clad, you are quite bare. Peter was bare for convenience sake, 
as fishermen are in fishing. Theophylact. Peter's girding himself is a sign of modesty. He girt himself with a linen coat. Such is Theamen and Tyrian fishermen throw over them when they have nothing else on, or even over their own clothes. Bede. He went to Jesus with the ardor with which he did everything, and did cast himself into the sea, and the other disciples came in a little ship. We must not understand here that Peter walked on the top of the water, but either swam or walked through the water, being very near the land, for they were not far from land, but as it were about two hundred cubits. Gloss. A parenthesis. For it follows, dragging the net with fishes. The order is, the other disciples came in a little ship, dragging the net with fishes. Chrysostom. Another miracle follows. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. He no longer works upon already existing materials, but, in a still more wonderful way, showing that it was only in condescension that he wrought his miracles upon existing matter before his crucifixion. Augustine. We must not understand that the bread was laid on the coals, but read it as if it stood. They saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on the coals, and they saw bread. Theophylact, to show that it was no vision, he bade them take of the fish they had caught. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Another miracle follows, viz., that the net was not broken by the number of fish. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, an hundred and fifty and three, and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Augustine. Mystically in the draught of fishes, he signified the mystery of the church, such as it will be at the final resurrection of the dead, and to make this clear, it is put near the end of the book. The number seven, which is the number of disciples who were fishing, signifies the end of time, for time is counted by periods of seven days. Theophylact, in the night time before the presence of the sun, Christ, the prophets, took nothing, for though they endeavored to correct the people, yet these often fell into idolatry. Gregory, it may be asked why after his resurrection he stood on the shore to receive the disciples, whereas before he walked on the sea. The sea signifies the world, which is tossed about with various causes of tumults, and the waves of this corruptible life. The shore by its solidity figures the rest eternal. The disciples then, inasmuch as they were still upon the waves of this mortal life, were laboring on the sea. But the Redeemer, having by his resurrection thrown off the corruption of the flesh, stood upon the shore. Augustine, the shore is the end of the sea, and therefore signifies the end of the world. The church is here typified, as she will be, at the end of the world, just as other draughts of fishes typified her, as she is now. Jesus before did not stand on the shore, but went into a ship, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. In a former draught, the nets are not thrown to the right or to the left, so that the good or the bad should be typified alone, but indifferently. Let down your nets for a draught, meaning that the good and bad were mixed together. But here it is, cast the net on the right side of the ship, to signify those who should stand on the right hand, the good. The one our Lord did at the beginning of his ministry, the other after his resurrection. 
showing therein that the former draught of fishes signified the mixture of bad and good which composes the church at present the latter the good alone which it will contain in eternity when the world is ended and the resurrection of the dead completed but they who belong to the resurrection of life i e to the right hand and are caught within the net of the christian name shall only appear on the shore i e at the end of the world after the resurrection wherefore they were not able to draw the net into the ship and unload the fishes as they were before the church keeps these of the right hand after death in the sleep of peace as it were in the deep till the net come to shore that the fish draught was taken in two little ships the last two hundred cubits from land a hundred and a hundred typifies i think the two classes of elect circumcised and uncircumcised bead by the two hundred cubits is signified the twofold grace of love the love of god and the love of our neighbor for by them we approach to god the fish broiled is christ who suffered he deigned to be hid in the waters of human nature and to be taken in the net of our night and having become a fish by the taking of humanity became bread to refresh us by his divinity gregory to peter was the holy church committed to him is it especially said feed my sheep that then which is afterwards declared by word is now signified by act he it is who draws the fish to the firm shore because he it was who pointed out the stability of the eternal country to the faithful this he did by word of mouth by epistles this he does daily by signs and miracles after saying that the net was full of great fishes the number follows full of great fishes an hundred and fifty and three augustine in the draught before the number of fishes is not mentioned as if in fulfillment of the prophecy in the psalm if i should declare them and speak of them they should be more than i am able to express but here there is a certain number mentioned which we must explain the number which signifies the law is ten from the ten commandments but when to the law is joined grace to the letter spirit the number seven is brought in that being the number which represents the holy spirit to whom sanctification properly belongs for sanctification was first heard of in the law with respect to the seventh day and isaiah praises the holy spirit for his sevenfold work in office the seven of the spirit added to the ten of the law makes seventeen and the numbers from one up to seventeen when added together make a hundred and fifty-three gregory seven and ten multiplied by three make fifty-one the fiftieth year was a year of rest to the whole people from all their work and unity is true rest for where division is true rest cannot be augustine it is not then signified that only a hundred and fifty-three saints are to rise again to eternal life but this number represents all who partake of the grace of the holy spirit which number two contains three fifties and three over with reference to the mystery of the trinity and the number fifty is made up of seven sevens and one in addition signifying that those sevens are one that they were great fishes too is not without meaning for when our lord says i came not to destroy the law but to fulfill by giving that is the holy spirit through whom the law can be fulfilled he says almost immediately after 
whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. In the first draught the net was broken, to signify schisms, but here to show that in the perfect peace of the blessed there would be no schisms. The evangelist continues, And for all they were so great, yet was not the net broken, as if alluding to the case before, in which it was broken, and making a favorable comparison. Verses 12 through 14. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples, after that he was risen from the dead. Augustine. The fishing being over, our Lord invites them to dine. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. Chrysostom. John does not say that he ate with them, but Luke does. He ate, however, not to satisfy the wants of nature, but to show the reality of his resurrection. Augustine. The bodies of the just, when they rise again, shall need neither the word of life, that they die not of disease or old age, nor any bodily nourishment to prevent hunger and thirst, for they shall be endowed with a sure and inviolable gift of immortality, that they shall not eat of necessity, but only be able to eat if they will. Not the power, but the need of eating and drinking shall be taken away from them, in like manner as our Savior after his resurrection took meat and drink with his disciples, with spiritual but still real flesh, not for the sake of nourishment, but in exercise of a power. And none of his disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Augustine. No one dared to doubt that it was he, much less deny it. So evident was it. Had anyone doubted, he would have asked. Chrysostom. He means that they had not confidence to talk to him as before, but sat looking at him in silence and awe, absorbed in regarding his altered and now supernatural form and unwilling to ask any question, knowing that it was the Lord, they were in fear, and only ate what, in exercise of his great power, he had created. He again does not look up to heaven, nor do anything after a human sort, thus showing that his former acts of that kind were done only in condescension. Jesus then cometh, and taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. Augustine Mystically, the fried fish is Christ who suffered, and he is the bread that came down from heaven. To him the church is united to his body for participation of eternal bliss. Wherefore he says, Bring of the fishes which ye have now caught, to signify that all of us who have this hope and are in that septenary number of disciples, which represents the universal church here, partake of this great sacrament, and are admitted to this bliss. Gregory, by holding this last feast with seven disciples, he declares that they only who are full of the sevenfold grace of the Holy Spirit shall be with him in the eternal feast. Time also is reckoned by periods of seven days, and perfection is often designated by the number seven. They, therefore, feast upon the presence of the truth in the last banquet, who now strive for perfection. Chrysostom, inasmuch, however, as he did not converse with them regularly, or in the same way as before, the evangelist adds, This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples, after that he was risen from the dead. 
Augustine, which has reference not to manifestations but to days, i.e., the first day after he had risen, eight days after that, when Thomas saw and believed, and this day at the draught of the fishes, and henceforward as often as he saw them, up to the time of his ascension. Augustine, we find in the four evangelists ten occasions mentioned, on which our Lord was seen after his resurrection, one at the sepulchre by the women, a second by the women returning from the sepulchre, a third by Peter, a fourth by the two going to Emmaus, a fifth in Jerusalem when Thomas was not present, a sixth when Thomas saw him, a seventh at the sea of Tiberias, an eighth by all the eleven on the mountain of Galilee, mentioned by Matthew, a ninth when for the last time he sat at meat with the disciples, a tenth when he was no longer upon earth, but high up on a cloud. End of chapter 21, verses 1 through 14.